Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Military families are not like your traditional family. They are strong, brave, resilient, and some of the most incredible people I know. My name is Gracie, a U.S. Army brat, and I am your host. I am honored to be able to give military family members like myself a place for them to share their stories and experiences in the military life. Stay tuned for this week's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Grace of Military Child and Life. Today, I'm super excited. I'm joined by one of like my favorite guests, Diamara. She's been on what? This is time number three, I think now. So <laughs> I think so. I think, oh, how many has the Shannon show had? Three. So, uh, we're tied now. We're tied. <laughs> tied we're tied now. <laughs> yes. So I'm back with Ziamara and we brought a friend, Jayla, who has been friends with Ziamara since freshman year of high school. Yes. Um, so welcome both of you and especially Jayla, who has not been here before. Uh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Yes, absolutely. So just start off by telling me and telling all of the listeners what it's like being a military kid. Jayla, you want to go ahead? Go for it. <laughs> all right I could go first I suppose um so being a military child um well I think it obviously has its perks um you know depending on where you're at I mean I think a lot of well yeah. okay so I'm luckily like I've been stationed to places overseas like Germany South mm-hmm. Korea but I would say if you're stationed like sometimes in the United States it's also not really glamorized so being a military child, I think a lot of people glamorize like, oh, you're a military child. Oh, you get to like be in all these cool places. But it's like, that's not always the case for some people. But luckily for me, I got the chance to experience what it's like to live in Germany and South Korea. And with that, you get to, you know, it's really cool to say, yeah, I lived in Germany and South Korea. But, you know, at times it could get kind of hard when it comes to moving, especially like the moving process, going to different schools being left alone because all the people you really liked left and now you're just like "Mm, who do I hang with out now so yeah yeah I could not imagine the just constant moving but it's fun at the same time like I I feel like what Jayla said it has like it kind of hit me because like I was one of those friends like me and Jayla were really close in high school so we went to high school together in Daegu South Korea but unfortunately Jayla was there all four years <laughs> I was only there like two and it it sucked it sucked having to leave behind one of those good friends and you leave and you don't know when the next time you're going to see this friend will be and it's like it's over the course of the years like one friend leaves one friend leaves one friend leaves to like I feel for Jayla because at one point Jayla she was the last one standing and yeah. it was just like like it was just like we were a FaceTime call away but it sucks not seeing you I saw you every single day at school for like two years and then now I'm just like in a completely different place and it's like I I haven't seen you in like a year but yeah and a FaceTime call does it make it better like you said and it's also hard being in different time zones Mm -hmm. the time zones that's the hard part I feel but I mean there's also like the pros like you said you get to say you lived in like all these cool places, but I think me and Jayla, and I've told you this before, Gracie, me and Jayla both said, if we could have picked living in Japan over Korea, we would have picked Japan. <laughs> I think that's where Shannon has you be. He has lived in Japan. Yeah, he did. He has lived in Japan. It's kind of, 
Yeah, you know, I think he lived. I forget. Kubasaki, I think he said, or Jayla, uh, do you remember the names of the bases there? He lived in Okinawa, somewhere there. What was it? Okinawa. Yeah, that's like the okay. islands, you know. Yeah. Part. There you go. I know Kadena's there. He probably lived Kadena. Um, there's. I know Zama's the army base. And then there's Hansen is one of the Marine bases, but that's not a non-family base. That's mm-hmm. like strictly service members. Um, I want to say Humphreys is over there, but I can't remember. No, Humphreys in South Korea. South Korea. Okay. I knew it was over that way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I was like, I knew it was I think there's also Kinnick too. There's yep. Misawa. Yes. Misawa. Um, true. Yeah, oh, I don't really know about too many bases. Um, Humphreys is you know very big. Like... I don't know; it's kind of like dead at the moment. Like, there's not really activities going on, so it's just kind of mm-hmm. for me, it's a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like Humphreys, like an area where they call it like the Farmville because it's just like you're not surrounded near the cities, so it's like not there's not much to do in that area. So if you really want to do something, you have to travel an hour away to go to Seoul and do the city lifestyle there. Wow. So, yeah, that's a pain yeah. to travel that far. To Yeah, it, it can be tiring coming yeah. to and then going back. It's just, okay, that was, that was a whole trip. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to make a full-on day trip out of it. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to go, you know, to the city for dinner. You know, that's two hours yeah. for, for dinner. That's a lot. No one ever tells you first night in Korea. We stayed in Humphreys on the island base. Like when you obviously everybody knows when you first move and you get to a new place, you have to stay in like that lodging on base and it sucks and you just want to leave the lodging. Yeah. So that we, you know, we're living in Humphreys. Like to go to Seoul, you have to take like an hour long train ride. But to get back on base, there's a curfew. The curfew's like what, midnight, I think. I think I want to say, or 1 a.m., something like that. But everything's in Korean. Jalen knows the struggle. <laughs> you don't know what anything says. And we're in a country. We're trying to navigate our way back to Pyeongtaek, and it just was not working. Some Korean person had to help us out. We bar- like barely made it on base. Because if you don't make the, like, the curfew, like you get written up or something. Like Super weird. But... That was a story. That was a story for my like first day traveling in Korea. Oh my yeah, God. being South Korea yeah. definitely the language barrier is very like tough, especially for foreigners there. Because you know, in Germany and other European countries, it's like the standard in those countries is learning. Like English is not like a flex in those countries. So, being in South Korea, it's like oh, it's a really struggle, especially since you know you were just moved there because either your father or mother got stationed there and now you're just like struggling and they're trying to communicate like sometimes I would ask someone like a question that would respond back to me in Korean and it's just awkward because it's so obvious I don't know Korean and then they still continue to speak Korean you're and it's just yeah it's kind of frustrating at times because not a lot of people there know English which is, oh, at the same time, it's like you understand because it's like, okay, it's their country. But for people like Americans or any foreigners, English speakers, it's just hard at times. 
Yeah, it's that language barrier. It's hard to to navigate around. You have to figure out how to get from point A to point B. You have to figure out where places are when they close. I know in Japan, um, when my ex was stationed there, he always said that it's you don't have street signs or like the streets are not named. Like so it's you turn at you know, turn right at this building, but you know, in America, we would say turn right on, you know, Del Prado Boulevard or, mm-hmm. you know, that's just a straight by me. Um, but, you know, you t- say to turn on certain streets, but, you know, in Japan, at least that's not a thing. So you're trying to navigate a whole new place, find, figure out a whole new language. I think it was Yuzi Amara who went to a civilian school in Germany, right? Yeah, I, I insane. That was that was very hard. I'm sorry, that was funny. You, I, I had lived in the United States. I had lived, <laughs> I had lived in the South. Like, like you said, like the, when you're when you're like Jayla said, when you're in the states, it's living on a base in the states. It's not glamorized at all. Like saying, oh, I lived on Fort Benning, Georgia. It's like, ooh. It's like to some people, it's like. Mm. But if you say, oh, I lived in Ramson, it's like, ooh, you know. Yeah, exactly. I had known the South. I had known the South my whole life. And, like, I went to a Catholic school there. And it was very Southern. Like, like, that's all I had known. And then we had moved to Germany. And from overnight, I just lived a whole entire new way of life. And that was the German culture way of life. I was not – I was born in Germany. So was Jayla. But – that does not make us German, if that makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, oh, you you were born in Germany. You're German. I'm not. I was no. born on a military base in Germany. Right. There, There's a difference. Well, and that's and the only way. So now. It w- Sorry. That's the only way to get around. Like, you're born in Germany, but you're an American citizen because you were born on a military yeah. base. If you were born exactly. in a German hospital in Germany, then you would have a German birth certificate. So yeah, it's exactly. it's hard to understand yeah. at some points. Like going to the German school, like like Jayla said, you get that you don't know what anybody's saying. Like this is a whole new way of life. And as an American, I was lucky enough that we at least had the same alphabet. Whereas in Korea and in Japan, you don't you don't know what those street signs <laughs> say. You don't know what like the bus stops say. I I mean, I guess in Germany, like they would have stuff in German signs in English, but in Korea, like it's strictly like all korean like if one person has google translate out and is always scanning the things and reading it it's jayla (laughs) (laughs) i think it's it it was a struggle but again in the end i was able to learn the german culture learn the language and say i went to the german school and i'm very happy for that but like at the same time like i wish i had went to dodea school in germany because dodea europe it seems like so much fun yeah. But I guess Dodea Pacific is okay too. <laughs> You'll make do with Dodea Pacific. <laughs> I guess I just wasn't there. Like when I got to Dodea Pacific, I was there for a year. It was like, okay, the first year was cool. And then it was like, well, there goes that. Yeah. Jayla, you should tell them the story when you were in Okinawa. That was crazy during Ooh. COVID. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I was during a <laughs> a basketball tournament. It was our. It was called the Far East. 
And yeah, our team actually was doing really well. And there was, um, there was a high percentage that we would possibly like won the whole tournament. But then as soon as our game in, which like qualified us to like, you know, reach like the semi Ooh, sorry, semi-finals, they're like, yeah, um, this tournament is now, like, it's it's canceled. And then we were, like, there, I think, for an extra day. We had no idea what to do. And we were like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Because I was in Daegu in South Korea. Um, and then that's where, that's, like, where it hit the most out of, like, the part of South Korea. And everyone, I remember everyone was judging us because we came from Daegu. And they were, like, automatically thought we had covid and then that was not the case. I'm like, girl, just because we're from the city, Daegu does not mean we have COVID. So yeah, everyone was like backing. Yeah, I remember I was on a bus and Ed, we were sitting like in the back and there were some people that were like different teams and then they all moved to the front just because we're from Daegu. And it was just, yeah. Wow. Because <laughs> like, if you remember like, Daegu, like after Wuhan, China, Daegu, South Korea was like the second worst hit city yeah. in the entire world. Right. Like, Jayla, this has happened. This was like mid February, this happened. And COVID didn't get to the States until March. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. that's crazy insane. Because, like, me and Jayla, like, Jayla, there, there's the super spreader church that was the outbreak, like the epicenter. Her and I passed that church all the time, like, to get to my apartment complex. Like, it was right down the street from, like, where I lived. So it was kind of just, like, very real in that moment that this global thing that's happening, it's, like, happening, like, in your city. And nobody knew what it was. And, like, they were in Japan for Far East. And the boys were in Humphreys for Far East. And everybody's like, Daegu has to go home. Like, send Daegu home. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. It's crazy. It was crazy. I could not have imagined being in the Pacific area for the outbreak. That just sounds so intense. And things I I was I did not go to Far East basketball, everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> I I did not to go. But I was in Daegu and I was watching them from like overseas. I was like I was like, no way, this is ha-. I was like, what are the chances that this is happening? Like Right. And I'm t- I was texting Jayla the whole time this was happening and she was just like what the heck? But that's covid for you. That was covid yeah. in the Pacific at least. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy back in the states, but I could not have imagined it being being like right where it's all mm-hmm. happening. And And then also like with the military, like being on a military base when this is happening, like not only do you have to follow the Korean government's rules off base, but they, the the U.S. Army base rules that they establish for the soldiers and their families as well. So it's like two like set of rules, like, like Jayla knows what I'm talking about. Like she lived on base. Like it was very much, it was strict. It was strict, especially during that time period. For sure. I could not like even just begin to imagine the different because I mean it's one thing following U.S. rules but then it's another adding another government's rules Mm -hmm. on top of it which I mean is how it's like living in another Mm -hmm. country but you had a global pandemic Mm -hmm. on top of it 
It's insane. And like, like you said, like, I think Gracie and I have talked about this in the past and Jayla and I talk about this all the time. It's like sometimes the maturity level yep. between like a civilian kid and then a military kid is like Jayla and I knew kids like we knew of a kid who got sent back to the States because he had one too many strikes on base. Wow. Like Jayla, do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> yup we know I know exactly who we're talking about and it's like kids like that for example where in the states they had it easy their whole life he was a prime example of a kid who grew up in the states came to a military base he kept messing up once many times and they were like you're done go back home and they sent him back home Mm -hmm. and like that is what it means that's what it's like having to deal with those military rules like growing up with that like living on base and having to respect those rules because then also like you put your your parents like rank and you put their their name in jeopardy as well so it's like it's double homicide yeah yeah I cannot like you can like going to college and going to being in the civilian world where you're not just surrounded by military kids you can easily pick out the kids who are raised in a military family or who have, uh, you know, a parent mm-hmm. or guardian or, you know, family member who is in the military mm-hmm. because they just have that certain level of maturity and they have that certain level of respect for the rest of the world, for mm-hmm. themselves, for their family, you know, all around. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is anything you'd like to add, Jayla? Oh, no, I was just, when you mentioned, like, oh. I don't want to be talking um, all the time. <laughs> oh, no, it's because I don't know if, if there's, gonna, like, going to be questions in between and things like that. But you just remind me, oh. like, how, like, it's not as crazy as that guy who had to be sent back to States. But mm-hmm. just how, like, you're, you know, like you said, it could also affect, like, whoever your mom or dad or even, like, siblings is in the military. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, the whole, like, ID. Like, I don't know about you but my parents are all tell me like do not lose your id because if you yeah. lose your id we could get in trouble mm-hmm. and it's just i would just remember i would always like make sure like my id's with me and even if i thought i like i wouldn't lose it but I accidentally misplace it and i would like be so scared I'm like oh my gosh my ah they're gonna get in trouble i don't know mm-hmm. like what's gonna happen yeah. so you, yeah. My mom carried my military ID with her probably until I was about 15. So we had constant, uh, like, location of it at all times. And she had mine, hers, and my sister's all in the same spot. <laughs> and then uh, once I hit 15, it was like, all right, well, I'm going to need my ID to get, you know, do things. Um, so I've been carrying my ID. But literally, actually, it was when I was – I flew through Baltimore. And I was like – I left the airport. I had six hours there. I left the airport, went, had dinner with my grandpa, and then I'm going back through security. And I pull out my wallet and I'm like, my military ID is gone. And that's the ID I use for everything. Like people ask me for an ID. That's the one that I pull out. That's Mm -hmm. everything. Unless they specifically ask for my driver's license, it's my military ID. And so I pull out my driver's license to go through security because I don't have my military ID and I'm like looking everywhere for it Mm -hmm. 
luckily it was in a pocket of another bag but still at 20 years old 21 years yeah. old I get so scared to lose that thing because it's so hard to get another one yeah so hard like I and I just had to go I just had to jump to the hoops of getting a new one but because my mom is still overseas like it was so funny because Jayla was with me when I got my last ID and so it was going to expire in August of this year. And I was like, uh-uh, I, I cannot let that thing expire. Because everybody knows when you have a military ID, it comes with the benefits. It does. I can't lose the benefits. It, I can't <laughs> lose the benefits. But no, like, I, I had to, like, my mom had to get, like, a power of attorney to say that I could get the ID and then sign a bunch of paperwork. And it was just, like, this whole big thing just to get a little card. Yeah. But I got the new one. The new ones looked. I love the new ones. Love it so much. Um, It's it's the best. Me and my one friend say they're like little VIP passes. So they look pretty nice. As soon as I got it, I was I was showing Jayla. I was like, look at my new ID. Look at my military ID. So incredible. It does. I mean, I miss the old ones just because that's what I grew up with. Mm -hmm. But the new ones are just, I love it. I've heard a lot of love hate for them, but. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's because the old ids i don't know if like you grew up with chuck e cheese but you know like the oh, yeah. photo booth mm-hmm. like the little sketches <laughs> that's what it reminds me of like your photo is literally a sketch of you like it, chuck that's so true yeah chucky is sketching you <laughs> so, i don't know i've missed the old design i mean but to be fair it kind of will make people look like either too pale like it made my lips so dark like it looks like I'm wearing lipstick and I think I was just I think I just applied like a clear like like chapstick like a liquid mm-hmm. chapstick and it just mm-hmm. in my ID picture it came out like I, I look like the joker basically and I was like <laughs> wow <laughs> and it's like yep that's gonna be my ID for four years thank you <laughs> yep Oh my god! No, because on when I took my ID picture, she had a little sign at the bottom of it. It said like, um, like smile, like like ultra HD camera. But the new, new ID picture, but it's like clear now. It's oh, like yeah. color and everything. I think they had to take a step up. It's fantastic. I love it. I, it's better than my driver's license. See, but the old one. <sighs> I think they were just trying to go with like the camo vibe, you know, little <laughs> army print vibe. Right? I mean, you never know. See, but it's weird, but the cat cards, like the ones that like my mom had, those mm-hmm. weren't. But I think now all of them kind of look similar. Yeah. Which is... They all have that cat card look to them. Yeah. Like ours, um, if you look close enough, there's like a little indentation where the cat card would go. If we had the chip in it oh there's like that little indent for the chip oh so 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 basically it's it's like the model just it is okay it is except ours is horizontal i'm gonna look i'm gonna like take my id now just just look really really closely (laughs) yes so it's so funny oh sorry oh no go for it no i was gonna say like our friend leah knowing a friend that you knew in high school and then when they get their own cat card it's like oh you're it's legit enough. now it's like like because we saw one of it she goes she goes to the navy academy and so it's like oh like a cat card and it's, yeah. it's this academy it's like ooh, oh. <laughs> it's pretty cool that is so cool 
I was just going to say, you know, you've been on the podcast many times now, so you kind of know what's coming, but Jayla has not been on the podcast yet. So the last thing I always ask throws everyone for a loop, but what is one piece of advice you would give to another military child? Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I had to like soak in that question. You have to think about it for a second. Okay, so one advice I would give, um, definitely uh, appreciate and learn how to be alone. Try to find something that you're passionate about, something that you enjoy, and just try not to rely on other people for you to have fun when doing, like, because being a military child, you move a lot, and sometimes your friends will leave you behind, or you're the one leaving them and then getting into this whole other state or country, it could be a challenge, mentally challenge, because you're just so used to that old life, old lifestyle. So just get used to like, at times it could be hard, but just find that peace with being with yourself. And it's not a bad thing being by yourself. So that is one advice I would give to military. I love that. I love that. I've never heard that from another kid before. I've heard it from spouses, but it's so important. And it's such a hard lesson to learn as kids. Definitely learn to learn the hard way, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you got to learn the hard way. All a piece of advice. Yes. Ziamara, do you have other advice? I, I think the one advice I always say is just appreciate in that moment what you have because you're never going to have that again like when I was in when I was in Germany I was crying and crying over wanting to be in Georgia again when I left Germany I was crying and crying in South Korea about wanting to be in Germany and now that I'm back in the States sometimes I look back and I'm like I miss Korea I miss how life was there it's like just in the moment just soak it in appreciate what you have because it's not always going to be like that and you're going to be moving a lot so like sometimes take pictures of like your room take pictures of like your living room like so you can look back on it later and be like this is my room here and this is the the kitchen here like sometimes it sounds weird I'll go on like Zillow and look at my old houses and I just like like to reminisce in the memories so always appreciate in the moment what you have who you have and where you are that's always That's such good. a good reminder because you never know. What about you, Gracie? Gone. Oh, yeah. me. Yeah, what about you? <laughs> I, nobody's ever asked you. No, I've been on other podcasts before and they asked me, but nobody's asked me on my own. Um, mm-hmm. I would say make the most of it because, I mean, like you said, you never know what you're going to have where where you're going to be and you never know what it's when everything's going to be gone and so living in the moment it's something that I struggle with all the time two weeks ago I was so frustrated because I was like I don't have a job I don't have you know I'm in college I'm in grad school and I'm like I don't have all of this stuff but then like you you just said before this too I'm 21 like there's mm-hmm so much ahead of me and so while it's hard to remember at times um I mean this applies to 
all stages of life, not just your early 20s, but you really learn it in your early 20s. But like in appreciating what you have, the moments that you have, mm-hmm. the time you have with the people you love and just everything in general. Like I wish I could go back to my undergrad days where, you know, I was just having fun with college friends and, you know, that's gone now. You know, we're going exactly. into the real world and it sucks exactly. being an adult. So enjoy <laughs> while you're young, while you can, um, especially if you have the opportunity to be in overseas countries or, you know, be in even Fort Benning, Georgia, you know, or <laughs> Fort Leonard. Exactly. So, you know, even those like not sought out places, like appreciate what you have, mm-hmm. where you have it. And when you have it, because you have no idea when it's going to be gone. Love. We'll do a little. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you both for being on the podcast. I'm so excited that I've had you both on the podcast, Amara, back on. And it's been so much fun having you too, Jayla. Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this podcast. And yeah, this is my first time doing this. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, Sure. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I'm sure it won't be your last time now, too. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like, follow, and comment. Also, be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook at Grace of a Military Child and Life for more awesome content. For information on the podcast, Military Child Bigs and Littles, GoAMCL blog, or other resources, visit www.goamcl.org. You can also email me at Gracie, that's G-R-A-C-I-E at G-O-A-M-C-L dot org with any questions or comments. To be a guest on the podcast, you can schedule it at www.goamcl.org forward slash schedule a podcast, all one word, or contact me via social media or email. Stay tuned for the next episode where another incredible story is shared.